Hey, this is Rezev Bennett. Thanks for tuning in to the Daily Halacha and Kabbalah and Machshava podcast. Um, if you enjoy this content, please check out yesodblocks.com. You can subscribe there and join our premium family where everybody is getting access to a very, very large array of long-form and short-form uh, types of content uh, that take the Torah concepts that we are kind of, I don't want to say um, glossing over, but trying to hit on a daily level pretty much uh, in, in as fast a form as possible. So on Yesodblocks, we really do it a lot more in-depth, and there's a lot of different types of series there that... Uh, uh, hit all these different things in a much more framework integrated type of approach. Uh, also, check out our new series, Tikkun HaYesod. It's on Amazon and iTunes and also available at yesodblocks.com. That is using Torah tactics, these types of Torah concepts on the framework level, on the perception level, on the emotional level, on the practical level to deal with the dark side of the internet, uh, a world that is unfortunately getting bigger and bigger and impacting more and more people. And, and even more unfortunately, it's very hard to find tools to really uh, deal with it effectively in the Torah in the Torah space. So definitely check that out, Tikkun HaYesod. Uh, it's on Amazon and on iTunes. So in this episode, um, today we're going to talk about uh, sort of like the next few halachos in the Shulchan Aruch. This is, uh, again, we're still in Simon Aleph, and we're going to, like I keep mentioning, we're going to be jumping around to different types of halachos as we go. But I just want to hit a bunch of the earlier ones because I think that the first parts of the Shulchan Aruch are uh, often just kind of, I don't want to say glossed over, but they're they're learned in a certain kind of way that it's not super easy to get to the to the core of what they're about. So we're going to focus on Sif Dalit and Sif Hey today. It's uh, this is again Simon Aleph, so it's like section one, and then Sif Dalit Sif Hey is uh, you know paragraph four, paragraph five, and there's a lot of uh, emphasis here. Um, it's really, the focus here is on on the base of Mikdash, and then on some things that have to do with the base of Mikdash. Uh, the base of Mikdash is the Holy Temple, um, destroyed two thousand years ago for the second time. And so there's based on Mikdash Halacha here, and there's also um, a bunch of uh, different things that we are supposed to say every day, like parts of the Torah we're supposed to actually read in the morning when we start our day, and they're actually found in the Siddur. This, this is the part of the Siddur that is often uh, um, skipped. Um, there's basically, there's two, there's two in the morning there's basically these brachos, they're called birchos ha-shachar, and then after that there's a section called korbanos, and korbanos really also has two parts. There's the actual mishnayos uh, from Torah Shabbat Peh, where we have the the actual some halachic mishnayos about different korbanos, different sacrifices that were brought in the Beis Hamikdash, and then there's also a bunch of paragraphs of psukim, actual verses from the from the Chumash, from the Torah that we also read, and so that's what this is about. And there's uh, a backstory to that. So let's just first read the uh, actual halachos here. So in Sif Dalid says um, it says sorry not Sif Dalid um, Sif Gimel. Uh, it's appropriate for anybody who has Yerashamayim, anybody who has awareness of Hashem's presence, that they should, they should feel the loss and and anxiety and concern over the destruction of the Beis HaMikdash. This is actually something which, you know, is uh, uh, gets center stage on Tisha B'Av, the one day a year where we really focus on this a lot. But you see here in the Halacha that this is something which is supposed to actually be on your mind on a regular basis. Um, somebody, if, if, when we're talking here, over the last few episodes about developing awareness of Hashem's presence and trying to really in the last episode we really delved into that in a, a little more extensively um, that there's actually we have this set of tools that we can use to actually um, develop different perceptual lenses and that we're actually doing that all the time we're constantly developing perceptual lenses and we just do it implicitly very often we don't realize that the way that we see the world is not the way the world actually is but it's just the way that we see it through our own personalized lenses that we have developed through our own upbringing our own active and passive choices um, so you actually have a playground in your mind called the world of das the world of perception and you're actually able to 
uh, construct things there and then apply them, construct your own pairs of glasses, you're your own optometrist, and then you can actually put on the pairs of glasses that are the most appropriate using calculated thought to actually assess which perceptions, which lenses are the most true and the most real and the most full and the most integrated and the most holistic, you can actually put those on and then perceive the world in more and more in increasingly accurate ways. So that's uh, that whole awareness of Hashem's presence approach that we discussed. So that's really the type that like, when you're that kind of person, it's impossible not to feel this type of da'aga, this worry, this concern, this anxiety, this pain over the loss of the base of Mikdash. Now, the reason why it's impossible not to feel that is because if you have that level of understanding and knowledge and perception of what the Torah is and who Hashem is and who you are, then you also understand what the base of Mikdash is. And the base of Mikdash is not just some random building. As the Gemara says, when the base of Mikdash was destroyed, so uh, the language of the Gemara uses something like um, a destroyed building was destroyed. In other words, um, Hashem basically, the, the, the building was already destroyed before Hashem actually destroyed it. What exactly does that mean? Well, the base of Mikdash is not just a building. It's supposed to represent a consciousness level of the world. And so once that consciousness level declined dramatically in the world, in, in Eretz Yisrael, among the people of Israel, and then subsequently as a result, uh, it stopped being broadcast to the rest of the world. So the building became just an empty husk, like a body, like a dead body. And then Hashem destroyed a body that was already destroyed. In other words, since the the actual essence of what the base of Mikdash actually is, is a, a manifestation of high-level consciousness. Once that was gone, so the building effectively ceased to exist, and then Hashem destroyed it, and it was actually just destroying something which was already basically a condemned, abandoned building uh, that, that that was already, uh, you know, essentially had undergone that, the, the core destruction that was the real destruction of, of its essence. So that's the pain that we're dealing with here. That's, that's what we're talking about. If you want to try to imagine what the implications of that are, again, like to develop the perception of Hashem's presence and that kind of level of consciousness is what we just spoke about in, in the previous episode. And the key to doing that is constantly... Um, learning Torah about Hashem, learning Torah about yourself, learning learning the not just Halacha Torah. And, I, and, and a big part of this, obviously, is learning Gemara, because Gemara is the process of analysis. It's the process of how to actually think about things. The Gemara is the repository of Hashem's thoughts, how Hashem thinks about the world. So when you learn those types of thoughts with the questions and answers and analysis that are done there, and you develop tools that are, that are more and more and more powerfully usable in the very com complex and potentially confusing and distorted world that we live in, so you're actually you're you're deepening your ability to actually uh, you're you're heightening your consciousness towards Hashem consciousness, which is the true consciousness that's actually buried within you already. You actually know who you are. You remember who you are. It's just buried underneath a lot of other distorted lenses that we unfortunately develop because of this etzadas. Uh, toxicity that we have from the story of the Garden of Eden. So that's what we're trying to do there. And so uh, when you're when you're on that journey, so then you can you can number one try to uh, build an understanding of what the base of Mikdash really was. It's not just a place where you know people just went all the time and and just brought sacrifices and had barbecues. Uh, there's a whole array of of deep. Uh, mechanical meaning to what that really is about and, and how to use it. And it, it really mirrors the complexity that's within us. In other words, you have a lot of different components within yourself. You have your body components, you have your emotional components, you have your, your conceptual and thought-oriented components, there's the perceptual realm. These are the different layers and areas, the stack of what it means to be a, a neshama that is linked to a body with all its attendant aspects. And so the base of represents all of that. It has those same, it has parallel analogs to each of those components, and you're basically trying to use that place as an access point. Um, and you can think of it as like, you know, when you when you grow up in, in your home with your parents, 
so then uh, you have a certain home and you have a certain, you know, there's all these all this familiarity there. And basically your home ends up in a certain way uh, mirroring your your inner self. In other words, that's why when you go home, it feels so familiar, it feels so right. Because the things that are inside of you, all these different parts of you, there are mirrors, analogs, uh, parallels in the actual uh, physical home that you have. Now, your physical home, obviously, it's not the physical component, it's the perceptions that you have of your home. You have all these perce the perceptions of meaning and, and of experiential knowledge of what has happened in your home. So when you go home, so you you suddenly encounter that. It's the, that's the difference between your home and somebody else's home. You don't feel at home uh, in somebody else's home. What does it mean to feel at home? It means that you feel that the things that are in you that are that make you and that are that comprise the different components of yourself uh, and your total stack, your total set of tools are mirrored by the place that you grew up in, and that's that's where you find all those things. And of course, you know, for the, those of us who have who have had broken homes or have had homes that there's a lot of moving around, so that can become very difficult because now you have this fragmented uh, experience of yourself, which can be its own challenge. I just want to mention that because it, unfortunately it's a relatively prevalent phenomenon. But the idea in a default state of a home is this kind of thing. It's that it's basically the home is the analog, it's the mirror uh, on all the different levels of who you are on the inside, all the accumulated lenses and emotional structures and habits and, and, and physical habits. And so that's what the basic Mekdash also is. The basic Mekdash is supposed to be the, the existential home. It's actually where Hashem lives, the ultimate parent. Now, unfortunately, since we experience Hashem as a very foreign entity, uh, you know, often we experience Hashem as some guy over there in the sky who is other than us, so then we don't experience the basic Mekdash in this way. It feels like a very foreign place. It doesn't feel like home. But what if you actually just d don't remember the truth of that home? And what if you actually just have amnesia from it? And then, you know, when you actually would, if you would know who you were, if you would know who Hashem is, if you would know what the base of Mikdash was really about, then you would feel like, not only would you feel like that is your home, you would feel tremendous pain. You know, our parents uh, sold our house at some point when I was uh, in my in my 20s. And um, when that happened, it was like, oh, uh, the house is just gone. Like, that's our home. It just It just vanished now. Um, and someone else just lives there, and that's painful because it, all that familiarity, all that mirroring of who I am, which was embodied in that house, is now gone, uh, or is now blocked away in some way. It's like locked in the past, and there's no way to get to it in the same way. And that's exactly what we're talking about here. If you could just access that familiarity, that knowledge, then you would, then you would feel it automatically uh, that loss and that pain. That's really what we're talking about here. Uh, this is all perceptual uh, perception work with a, you know a lot of subsequent um, resulting emotional uh, out, outgrowths and then even some behavioral outgrowths and definitely some thought outgrowths from the perceptions you need to develop here. So that also links directly to the next part. The, we're going to skip Seif Dalid for now. I'm just go to Seif Hey, where it says, Tov Lomar Parshas HaAkeda. It's good to say, to read the part of the Torah in Parshas Vayera, uh, which is the story of the Akeda, Akedas Yitzchak, uh, the binding of Isaac, who Parshas Haman, and also the part of the Torah where it talks about the Man, which is in Parshas Beshalach. Um, and those are two stories that, that are very important. The Mishnah Brewer here explains the reason for that, uh, is because these are these two things, the Parsha the Akedah is when you read it, it's supposed to help you to access trust in Hashem and to, to and to submit yourself to Hashem's will, to, to basically integrate yourself into the Hashem framework to be a part of that whole and feel like you are able to draw your 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 power and your sense of self from that overarching framework, uh, being a part of the larger story of existence. And the, the Parsha of the Man is similar to that in the sense that it's basically realizing that all of your sustenance comes from Hashem. These are the, the, that first area is uh, we kind of been discussing in the last few days. The second area, the, the the issue of your sustenance. In other words, like we all are trying to stay alive all the time. I mean, we got you know, thank thank God nowadays it's a we, we live in a relatively um plenty a world of plenty. 
but there's still plenty of us who are have some forms of different forms of poverty and scarcity and not only that our our income our ability to actually acquire things that we need to survive uh, is always in flux and anybody who's in business already knows that, that that's what's so fascinating about the business world is that people sometimes view business as if it's some kind of a it's a it's terrible because it's all about trying to, to profit and to make profit off of other people that's not what business is business is about adding value to the world and then having other people see that value and given that it's valuable they want and they're willing to trade value that they have for value that you're providing so it's really all about tr exchanging of value that we all have things to contribute and then we can exchange those things with each other so we each get even more from that exchange we can benefit in almost like a symbiotic relationship with each other that we we constantly are giving more and more to each other and we each gain from each other's unique contributions and so that entire process, though, it all comes from Hashem. I mean, it's like we, we think of it as like all of our talents, where do they come from? They well up from within us. We don't know where they came from. We actualize them and then we, you know, we, we create value in the world. Then we're able to give and then we're able to receive in return and create and, and, and have things that we need uh, and contribute and receive. And it's, it's an endless, an endless dance, an endless cycle of doing that. And even more than that, not only does, does the talent come from within us, but the the response from the outside world, who's going to be interested in what we have to contribute, contribute what we have to offer is also out of our hands. That's all in, in other people's hands or in Hashem's hands because that which is outside of our own control essentially is Hashem kind of de determining all these little factors of who's going to notice this product, who's going to notice what I have to contribute right now, who's going to, who needs this right now and who's, you know, for whatever circumstantial reason and will now come to me to, to acquire it from that, that which I have to offer and then I can then go and acquire something which I need from somebody else who has their own unique contribution. And so there's this ongoing, you know, it's called the velocity of money, that, that, that the, that, which is really just the movement of value throughout the, the network of people that we call the economy. So that's really what this is about, and that's what Parshas Haman is. Now that whole perspective that I just described, and that's really the whole point of reading these different, part, the different parts of the Torah, and similarly the next parts, which talks about here, it says, Parshas Ola, Umincha, Ushlamim, Vachatas, Vashem. You should read these other Pesukim all about these korbanos, the different sacrifices in the base of Mikdash. The reason for doing that is because we're trying to learn these true perspectives. I mean, contrast what I just said about the business world to, to contrast it to the cultural, cultural, nor, culturally normative perspective on business today in the in the cap in the perceived capitalist culture in, in America. I mean, there is so much vitriolic rhetoric against uh, the capital the capitalist world, as if like it's just made of all these people who are just trying to get things for themselves, and they're just they're just trying to profit off everybody else and exploit people. I mean, this is all very harsh language that comes from the uh, a massive distortion in what's called midas hachesed. Uh, which is one side of the of the tree of life of the spheros, uh, which is its own big Kabbalah concept. But you know, today people call it communistic talk, which is the same thing as as a distorted midas hachesed. Communism itself is just a distortion of midas hachesed. It's an attempt to help everyone and give everyone everything, uh, ignoring the fact that things don't come from nowhere. And that everybody, the only way for there to be things to give other people is if everybody is contributing their own value because it's actually something which is beneficial to them and to everybody else. You can't just, you can't just uh, legislate that everybody just make things and then give them away to each other because people simply are not going to do that because it is not accessing their own true inner value. It's a violation of how the neshama is structured to create systems like that, which is why communism failed again and again and again and again. And it will always fail because it is built on, a, on an idea that is a distortion of a truth. 
So the, the point here is that when you read these psukim, you can actually access uh, a true perspective of these things. When you read the Parsha of the Man, so you're supposed to actually think deeply about these things, and you're supposed to read this story carefully, and you can actually check this out on the Chumashcast series on Yesod Blocks, where we have uh, we did an analysis of the story of the Akedah. We haven't gotten up to the, to the story of the Man yet. We'll get there in about three weeks. Um, but the goal here is when you read these psukim to actually access a Torah lens, a, a, set, a, a complex, nuanced perspective on these ideas, instead of kind of just going with today's just random, haphazard, emotionally driven and agenda driven modern perspectives about things like value creation, which in, in the deep finance world, so everybody thinks the same way that the Torah thinks about this stuff, but in the in the emotionally driven, you know, Twitter bite world, where these things are just very, very uh, distorted and are all about trying to simply bash people like billionaires or whatever. So it's simply a, a massive deviation from the actual Torah concepts of what what neshama uh, channel channeled value creation and contribution is really all about. And so that's why we read these things. And this is you can think of this as the halacha of reading this. This is in the sitter. It's and it's very valuable activity. It's, a, it's actually you know you're starting your 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 you're rebooting your mind uh, in the morning and your perceptual uh, landscape with Torah concepts, Torah lenses. That's essentially why we read these psukim and why we say these different things. And we're going to come back to the korbanos, the sacrifices issue in future episodes, but uh, it's something which uh, it really requires its own separate uh, analysis. But uh, for now, at least that's what this, these two halakhs are about. So I hope that was useful and clear and that you enjoyed that. I'm looking forward to having you join me for the next episode. Thanks again for listening and definitely check out yesodblocks.com and consider subscribing there and joining our Yesodblocks family. Have an awesome, awesome day.